Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. I am. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm not too bad, thank you. Good, good. Well, it's been very hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it has uh, been. Uh, the weekly Hour of Devastation weather report. Oh, good God, it got to 33 degrees on Saturday. Yeah. And I was working, carrying a lot of heavy bags, so that was uh, absolutely no fun whatsoever. I'm just getting bored as I talk about that, honestly. <laughs> I I should, uh, Safe stop. to say all of your all of your takes on that day were hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were. They really were. Awesome. Um, I don't know, I, I didn't get into, into any unnecessary internet arguments on that day, I don't think. Oh, that's a lie, and you know it. <laughs> it really is. I've been here like three today, it's been great. Um, yeah, it's been a good week. I uh, played some Legacy at FNM. Sweet. Went 3-1. Nice, nice, that's good. Yeah, um, so I was playing Maverick, and I put three Ren and Six in the deck. Okay. And that card is really good. <laughs> is it? The card's just really, it's really stupid, yeah. Um, so it's incredible. I mean, I don't really play the kind of decks you play. Um, mm-hmm. I know there, are, like, obviously, there's some absurd things you can do with, like, uh, like explore, strip mine. Like, that's a thing. Obviously, not in Legacy, but like, that's a thing you can do and just like strip mine, like lock your opponent out, like from turn two onwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, I think on the face of it, to me, this, the cards like it looks good. Like, it looks like a decent volley card, but it doesn't look like amazing. So explain, mm-hmm. like, is the hype real? Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Um, so, I mean, it's the kind of time where I really, really wish... I mean, I've always like, wished I owned Mox Diamonds, but I really, really wish I owned Mox Diamonds. Yeah. So you could go, like, turn one, land, Mox Diamond, Pitching Wasteland, Ren and Six, return this Wasteland. Um, Oof, okay. Yeah, that, that that kind of stuff's, like, obnoxious. Um, but I was playing it, obviously, in a, it's, it's not... It's The more and more I change my deck, it's becoming less and less like Maverick. Yeah. But it's playing, like, Green Sun Zenith, Noble Hierarch, Knight of the Reliquary, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, so it's it's... So it functions incredibly well with Wasteland, obviously. So it functions similarly to a Ramen Up Excavator where you can just play a Wasteland every turn. Yeah. Um, and often that's very good. Um, this week I was playing three Wastelands on one Ghost Quarter just because um, our Legacy meta tends to have a higher basic count than normal Legacy decks would. Okay. I, I don't know what it is, but it's just like there's a lot more, like, not more, lot more basic lands. So like... Uh, Renesix helps in that. You can just ghost quarter them every turn and eventually run them out of basics. Yeah. So there's stuff like that, but it also helps you against other wasteland decks because it guarantees your land drop every turn. Like assuming there's no like you know Bajuka Bug or Leyline or Rest in Peace nonsense, it yeah, guarantees yeah. your land every turn. Um, so you can just keep casting your spells and not not fall behind to their wastelands, which is really really powerful. Um, also minus one, dealing one damage to any target kills a lot of things. Yeah, um, for sure. Noble Hierarch, Thalia, Mother of Runes, Battle Stricts, Delver, yeah. Dark Confidant. Like it kills a lot of it, like PZ. Like it kills a lot of things in the format, which is really um, just really useful to have on a card. But it's it's mainly just like the card advantage you get from having lands back every turn, whether that be a wasteland or just like a fetch land that you just get to keep fetching with. Yeah, uh, it's really really powerful. Uh, also, if you get the emblem, it's just reasonably obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a game. There's a game I played where I got. Um, so I just been upticking my Renesix every turn. Yeah. Um, and then I just minus sevened it, and I had a council's judgment in my graveyard. Ooh, nice! So I just got to cast council's judgment every turn. Yeah, that's pretty just, good. Yeah, it's not it's not remotely reasonable. That's that's not why the card is good, but it's just another reason why why that card's really powerful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's absurd. Like it, the legacy is certainly the most powerful place for it. Um, and it was a team of Dell deck that's playing a couple of copies. Um, the loam decks, land decks, are just playing it. Um, it feels really really powerful. Uh, but like I said, like I think Mox Diamond's probably the best application for it. Yeah. But I, I am not graced with a with a playset of Mox Diamonds currently. So. No, no. They're yeah, they're one of those cards that you want to kind of buy 
a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, well, it's like $1,200 for a playset now or something Oof, stupid. Yeah, damn. I didn't yeah, realize like, they'd gotten that ridiculous, yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I believe, I could be slightly wrong, but like, they are legitimately prohibitively expensive at this yeah, point. Yeah, they are. They're very expensive. And unless I like chop in my DH decks, like, I, I have no hope of affording one. Affording a playset, even. Um, so, you know, but yeah, Renet Ren- Ren- Six is, is, is excellent, and it's, it's certainly, I think, I think it's the most powerful card out of Modern Horizons. Um, yeah. And certainly, like, what you were saying, like, it doesn't seem like much on the on the surface, and I think when we were talking about it, when it was spoiled, like, we we didn't think much of it. Yeah, I think I, I, I was certainly higher on it than you were, but yeah. I think we both just sort of thought, this card seems fine. But it's just, it's it's the kind of card where you look at it on, on its paper, and you think, okay, it does stuff with Wasteland, okay, it kills some creatures, but then when you actually see it in play, like, in conjunction with, like, having threats in play and like having other disruption and having removal like it just performs such a powerful role yeah and it's it's similar reason to like why jace the mindscope to like takes over games because it's 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 difficult to remove it from the board yeah for sure if you have the other stuff paired with it um but yeah it's 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 an excellent card yeah i, I think that's it like when i'm thinking about what other planeswalkers look like in in like modern and legacy like they look very different to ren and six so I, I think it's I think it's majorly because of that because it it looks strange, right? Like there's what one other two mana planeswalker, and we know that one is absolutely terrible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I mean, just as it doesn't do the same thing. So, like planeswalkers in um, Legacy are Jace the Mind Sculptor, uh, Lelyan the Veil in like rapidly decreasing numbers, really. Yeah. Um, uh, Teferi and Narset, yeah. I guess, sort of the ones, and then you have like Cyborg, Gideon, Alev, and the cars and, and nonsense like that. Um, but they very much sit, um, fit as a very specific role, and, and it's very clear why they're there. Whereas, so, so all those cards sort of, they're just a crew card advantage, right? Like, they put raw cards in your hand, and in the case of Teferi and Arset, they clearly have a piece of tech that's very good in the format. Like, yeah. you can't cast card spells, or you, your brainstorm is terrible. Um, so it's very clear why those why those are very, very good. Um, but Renny Six, like you said, it, it comes across very differently. Like, it doesn't act like the other Planeswalkers we're used to seeing in Legacy. Like, yeah. it doesn't have, like, a card draw attached to it or a card advantage engine attached to it per se. But, like, when, you, when you're when you just getting back a land every turn, whether that's just, like, <laughs> effectively ramping by, like, hitting your land every turn or by wastelanding the crap out of your opponent, yeah, that's definitely card advantage. And that that's one of the most powerful things about it. The fact that you can cast it on turn one or just on turn two and then... Like being able to cast it work with the noble hierarch, casting it on turn two with the noble hierarch, then wastelanding them, and then bringing the wasteland back to your hand, like it's incredibly powerful. And like Ramana Petskafer has been very, very uh, powerful in those situations. Um, and it's it's certainly relevant that you can greenstones for it. But the fact you can cast it a turn earlier, um, you can cast Renin Six a turn earlier, and it doesn't just die to bolt um, or push or plow or anything like that. Like removing planeswalkers and legacy is actually very, very difficult. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's that's my. Uh, we're a we're a Ren and Six podcast right now. Sweet, yeah. I uh, I definitely think it's you know it's proven to be a lot better than than I thought, and that's really cool. It, it's really cool to see that Modern Horizons is having such an impact on on so many different formats. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Great um, yeah, the, the 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 set's great. It's been it's been great across the board. Um, oh, actually, sorry. I mean, it's Commander Masters and all the cards are shit. <laughs> um, that's not true. Um, yeah, it's 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 been great. But anyway, that was meant to just be our little intro. Um, how, <laughs> not just me going on a rant about Ren Six. Um, so, how has your week been? Yeah, it's been fine. I have played pretty much like zero magic, so <laughs> excellent. That's, excellent. That's that's my week. Um, yeah, played a bit more of arena. Uh, just really enjoying standard at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like Esper Hero is like fully the deck for me. Like it's exactly the kind of deck I want to be playing. I feel like you want to play Esper Hero without the heroes. Yeah, quite probably. <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm only so I'm, I'm calling Esper Hero. But like I'm only playing two, um, two Esper, two copies of Hero, recent one, mm-hmm. 
Which, like, yeah, sometimes it gets a job done, but I, I, I don't know how necessary that card is. Um, I mean, I'm not sure. Like, honestly, my pulse isn't on the, the thing. The, the, my finger isn't on the pulse of... God damn it, that... My finger isn't on the pulse of, <laughs> of um, standard currently. I don't know. It feels like it's just something you can cast on turn two that accrues you value. Yeah. Um, and I imagine in certain matches it's very good, whether that's just like blocking creatures and just buying some time or just overwhelming your opponent. Because yeah, that's it. You it have it's, a- it's very good with like, if you're expecting lots of mono red or yeah, like mono white or if you're expecting yeah, some sort of some sort of aggressive deck, just having like a board presence on like turn two can, you know, kind of get, get just get you to the point where you can stabilize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think as the as the meta is becoming a very esper and very, I mean, there's seen a lot of like Nexus and like Grixis decks as well as it's becoming more sort of like mid range and controly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like Hero just doesn't seem that necessary. Yeah, sure. I mean, like I said, I don't know that much. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I mean, it's just that the rest of the cards are so powerful um, that it kind of feels unnecessary. Yeah, I just love being able to play eight copies of Teferi. Like, four Teferi Time Raveler, four Teferi Hero of Dominaria. Like, that's how all of my decks are starting from now on. And then, like, at least two copies of Narset. No, so that's just me happy. That's how most modern decks are starting at the moment. Yeah, true. <laughs> I say most. That's how a lot of modern decks are starting at the moment. Surely they're they're just starting with like four copies of Hogarth, four copies of Ultra and Dementia. I mean, probably, but you've got to find something to do once that that gets banned, right? You don't want to put yeah. all your eggs in that basket, and then when the inevitable ban comes before the next MC, yeah, <laughs> just be lost. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I do think that like Esper slash Blue White it is is the deck you want to play in modern, really, at the moment. So if you are expecting lots of Hogarth things, uh, I'm not sure that's true. It depends who you want to be, because like, they can still just beat you with just a bunch of zombie tokens. Yeah, that's true. I think, like, if I'm playing modern at the moment, there's probably three decks I want to be on. Sure. Um, so either Hogark, <laughs> like, <laughs> be, like, just be the bad guy and, and play the deck. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix, because it has a reasonably comparable clock. Sure. Um, and you want to be playing main deck surgicals anyway as a free spell. Yeah. So I, I like that as just, like, main deck hating on on uh, the Hogarth deck or just Infect because I mean I would say that um, but you're just very often a turn faster and they they have very little interaction out of outside of like some necrotic runes or something like that in the sideboard yeah um, so being able to just try, sort of like try and run them over I think is where I want to be um, just be something with a, either a comparable or a slightly faster clock with some access to some hate, I think, is where I'd want to be. Yeah, for sure. Like, Blue, Blue White certainly has a reasonable time, but, like, there's still certain draws that line up poorly. Um, and if you're mulliganing for your, like, rest in pieces or, or whatever, then you can also just die to them in the meantime. Yeah. With, like, if you, if you have a rest in peace and then just don't have the rest of a game plan, or, like, don't have the lands to cast your spells because you're mulliganed to five, then, like... It feels it feels quite bad. Um, yeah. Well, it'll, it'll all change soon. There's no point dwelling on it too much. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I think couple- just just looking at some of the results from the weekend like, across the the SCG events, so I think it's 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 quite interesting. Um, I mean, I know like online and also in in paper, we have seen a bit of a, a dominance of of the Hogarth decks, but more so in like the numbers that are turning up. Like it, it's just running everywhere, but. I mean, you know, Burn won the uh, the modern classic in Pittsburgh this weekend. That was yep. a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, like in, yeah, of... like Jund won the uh, the modern MCQ on on Magic Online as well. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of things like that. Like, it, it depends on what their plan is. It depends what their matchups were. Like, 
I know Hogarth's sort of everywhere, but there was a certain chance you could just miss it for the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's also a lot to be said. Like, so its conversion rate is reasonably poor in terms of like making day two or making top eights or anything like that. But the um, but that, I mean that could answer a lot of things. Like, it's the hot deck, so a lot of people are picking it up who don't quite understand how to play it or yeah. like aren't efficient at playing. It. We saw the same thing with Lantern and with KCI. It's like this is the the hot new deck that people want to play, and then they pick it up and don't know how to play it properly and then just lose. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's, there's a lot to be said for that, and there's a lot to be said for like, just maybe it's not that good. <laughs> I don't know, like, it turning up a lot on day one doesn't really mean anything. It just means it's a popular deck. Yeah. Um, that has been talked about a lot and said that it's the bane of the format a lot. So whether that's actually true or not, it's hard to tell from just sort of sporadic results. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can still kind of play what you want in modern. You've just got to have a good graveyard hair plan. You've got to have Leyline the Void or Rest in Peace or Ravenous Trap or what have you. Yeah. Well, speaking of Leyline of the Void... Go on. It is pre-release this weekend. Yeah, I definitely knew that was happening. I'm yeah. not surprised by that information <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, it, uh, it feels like it's snuck up on us really quickly, right? I mean, yeah, I just... I mean, we talked about it last week, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Just the constant, just unending stream of information and things to keep up with and things just just pass me by honestly like and i know i said i said i was excited for the corset but i'm not that excited <laughs> like <laughs> if i was that excited i'd have kept it with when, when it was right yeah sure um but yeah the the cards will be on the shelves soon <laughs> too soon yeah or maybe maybe it's not too soon maybe modern horizons wasn't long enough ago maybe that's the the way to word it yeah quite probably it's it's a strange one right i i, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe this is just an issue that we're probably going to run into like like once a year like if we're always going to have something in this like summer slot kind of just before just around like the the time of the corset then maybe this is just going to be a thing um i mean maybe like i mean i'm glad that i'm glad like if it is going to be a thing i'm glad that it's happening at the time of the corset because like typically Mm -hmm. your experienced player shall we say um wouldn't usually be interested in the corset kind of product so Here's this. Uh, here's this cool, like, advanced product to to keep you sort of tied over until the next sort of block set comes out. So, like, maybe that's the thing. I mean, possibly. I don't know. I think my, my problem specifically is I care about everything. Yeah, for sure. Like, I care about every possible product. Like, I, I care about the supplementary products like Battle Bond and Conspiracy, and I guess Modern Horizons. But I have to care about that because I play um, Eternal formats. <laughs> I care about standard cards. Like, I care about the Commander deck release. Um. I care about things that are happening on Arena or Magic Online. Like, I I find myself... There's not something where I can just be like, oh, okay, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Because, like, if you're just a standard player, then Modern Horizons happens, you're like, mm, I don't care. Yeah. Or, like, you don't draft or anything, you're like, oh, Conspiracy, that doesn't matter. Um, or, like, a Master Set, you're like, I don't, I don't care about that. Whereas, like, I think people in our position, like, it's just so much stuff happening all of the time that you have to keep track of. Um, I mean, you don't have to, you choose to, but... Like literally every part of Magic, every every release they have, it's something that I'm interested in. Yeah, for I sure. feel like I should. And there's no like, perhaps it's just an autistic trait, but I can't just be like, okay, I know about that. That's fine. Like I have to know everything about it in depth and like <laughs> go through the full spoiler when it's released like seven times. And like, it's not just a sort of casual, um, a casual knowledge of things. It's like knowing things in depth. Yeah. Um, and also, I have a podcast, so. <laughs> have to keep up to date <laughs> yeah definitely i know that it is it's something i've seen obviously from quite a lot of content creators like the fact that like you just you can't you couldn't like in the past the past month i guess really like you couldn't go a day without like some brand new information 
that was mm-hmm. like quite important information as well that like you just you had to do something about it. you had to make something you had to you know write something you had to tweet something it was it's just been this this never ending stream so i'm i'm kind of glad that it's it's on a little bit of a cool down for now yeah i guess there's also the pylon of like if you care about like mtg finance and stuff um if you're trying to keep on track of that because like maybe 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 you make money doing that or maybe you just need to keep on top of the market because you want to buy cards for a reasonable price and don't want to get sharks out of yeah cards you need or like you need to keep on top of like potential spoilers for like cards. there's just so much to keep track of um all of the time and it's getting yeah it's getting wearing but yeah there's a little reprieve now i guess um because I, I don't have to pick up cards for m20 or anything like that like outside of like the cards i'm going to put commander decks yeah which i can pick up at any point really but like i don't have to like scramble to get cards for a standard tournament because i'm not be playing standard tournaments i'm just gonna be playing arena where i can just cash in wild cards so that's fine so what what have you had a, had a chance to look over the set at all uh a bit <laughs> <laughs> i say all of this like I'm, I'm still i'm still digesting modern horizons like i'm still tinkering with commander decks like i'm still trying to sort out why i actually want to play modern and yeah. like legacy and stuff i'm like i i've i've looked it over like and obviously I've, I've listened to several podcasts that have done set reviews or um and stuff like that so i, I know vaguely what's in the set i know what the kind of good ish stuff is yeah i mean it looks it's, i still maintain it's really cool it doesn't feel like a core set it feels very very powerful yeah um, agreed and very well designed i'm excited for it but I mean, if you, if you came to this podcast looking for <laughs> insightful information on brand new magic cards, then maybe you were ill-advised. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it looks cool. I am really looking forward to playing in in the pre-release. I feel like pre-release has been quite a long time, given that like the last one was um, was also a magic fest. Oh god, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, that was so long ago. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I get to get to play in a pre-release. Um, mm-hmm. It just feels like it's been forever, and pre-release is is hands down just one of the best magic events. Uh, I don't agree. Uh, I think in this situation, hot, hot take. Give me give me your hot take then, Sally. Oh, sorry, it's very much not a hot take. Well, okay, my hot take <laughs> is that everyone else is correct when they say that pre-release is one of the best magic events. I'm just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't enjoy it. Like I, 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 I don't like feeling underprepared, and I don't like. I've, I've still got like one of my uh, Ravnica Allegiance pre-release kits like on my desk. Yeah, I was just thumbing through it to see if there's anything of value in there or anything I need for like a commander deck or whatever. And I was thumbing through it and just looking how badly I misbuilt my deck. <laughs> and stuff like that just annoys me. Like if I know that I'm not playing like properly or like building the cards, like playing the cards I should be or and stuff like that. Um, I, I just don't enjoy it that much. And like everyone's kind of on a like everyone's in that situation so like everyone's playing kind of crap yeah um, i think it's fine and I guess that's, that's, that's what it's that's, kind of what it's meant to be though isn't it it's, yeah exactly it's laid back like you know you know you're not it's a pre-release like it's not mm-hmm. the finals of a of mythic championship is it it's everyone's there for some fun no absolutely and, and i i'm like i said like i'm just wrong like it's <laughs> my, my personal opinion and, and like everyone else is definitely right and having the most fun i just like i don't find that fun particularly sure and that's me personally like i i I understand that it is fun (laughs) i understand (laughs) that people have fun doing it it's just it's not for me that's that's fair enough i guess then pretty much the only facet of magic that isn't for me but yeah Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so i I probably won't be doing a pre-release this time around that's fair enough i i just love new cards i I love new cards i love opening new packs i like yeah i think the limited environment here looks really cool as well it certainly looks interesting, yeah. Big, big fan of the fact that it's um, it's is it wedge colours. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, 
It's not all wedges, right? Yeah, you've, yeah. Got, you've got Absan and Naya. No, it's all wedges. You got Jeskai you got yeah, Jeskai and Mardu as well. It's yeah, but, all the wedges and you got the dual lands in their uh, basic slot. But there's also Naya. Naya's not a wedge, it's a shard. Where uh, what's Naya? Which one's Naya? The Angel. The Mythic Angel is Naya. is Naya. Oh it's the Biobox promo. Is that the Biobox promo? Yeah. yeah. See, this is how little I know about this card. <laughs> uh, apologies. Sure, it's the wedges, yes. That let's go along. I pretend I knew that the entire time. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I just I think it looks cool. Um, as far as like standard goes, like I really I just I just don't know to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I haven't had enough time to really look or think. But I think the set looks great. I think the amount of like interesting new cards is really cool, and the amount of like reprints is is spot on. Like this this is what a corset should look like. It definitely feels more like something like like M eleven than you know M fifteen. Yeah, that's that's been my take. Like, it feels like one of the older core sets where they kind of nearly broke it. Yeah. Or like, what, you got like the Titan cycles. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure there's anything quite as busted as the as the Titan, the Grave Titan, or anything in this. But like, it oh, feels agreed. on that on that power level, which I like a lot. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. So one other thing that we we got, um, I guess one thing that we got last week was that they they announced. I mean, it ties into the pre-release slightly, I guess. Um, I'll go into that in a second. But uh, they announced the. Um, the San Diego Comic Con, mm-hmm. uh, they are going to have a panel where they are going to announce the, the fall set. Yes. So that's something I've been, I feel like I've been waiting for for a very long time now. They uh, made one of their characteristic announcements for an announcement. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, they certainly did. Certainly did. Big fan of that. I mean, it's not that bad this time because it's like, okay, sure. I, yeah. I, like, I need to be told when that announcement is happening so I can pay attention. So yeah, they announced they're going to have a panel, San Diego Comic Con, where they'll be announcing um, the name of the fall set. I assume it's going to be some sort of like world building panel, like they have done in the past with um, with Kaladesh, Nixalan, and mm-hmm. I think they did one for Armageddon too. Um, yep. Yeah, I think those panels are always really really cool. I think it's one of sort of my highlights of like the magic year, I guess. Really, like I really like seeing like the world like sort of come to life when they explain like the design process and that's definitely one of the things I, I, I love personally seeing uh, I, I do feel like there may be a slight issue with them kind of like trying to keep this name under wraps and revealing it in like two weeks time yes like surely everybody like by this point everybody will know what the set is because there'll be like advertisement cards in the booster packs of pre-release um, we assume so it's possible they're not the same print run. Yeah. So that they like they'd have different ad cards. Like the ad cards would be like, oh, play MTG Arena. Yeah. Not like, oh, we're announcing what we assume is Calhoun. Yeah, because we obviously we've had uh, stuff like the open house at the weekend where you could buy Planeswalker decks, which obviously contain a booster, and uh, you could also get uh, promo packs as well, uh, mm-hmm. which don't contain any, any advertisement cards. But it could. I mean, we know that the Planeswalker decks are manufactured separately to booster boxes. So yeah, you're right. It could very much be that those Planeswalker deck cards are done on like a different line, um, and they they just use like a different sheet in in that in the production for those boosters. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I feel I feel like it, there there must have been there must have been like if there are Caldham adverts in the packs, like there must have been one opened by now and posted uh, on Reddit, but. I definitely so. haven't. Yeah, I definitely haven't seen one. No, I absolutely. I mean, it'd be everywhere by now, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, we would all know. It, yeah, we get that soon. I'm really hoping it's Cal time because that would just be great. Yeah, you can make use of all these uh, full art snowlands. Yeah, hopefully. Sick. So another announcement we got 
themed around San Diego Comic Con was we got the promo cards. Yes, we did. So this year's San Diego Comic Con promo cards are, it's been called the Dragon's End Game, and it's a set which features Nicol Bolas, Dragon God, and then the four God Eternal cards, which is Zeronus, uh, Bontu, Kefnet, and Aketra. No Borgard. No Borgard, no Ilhog. We won uh, it, there's no respect. Yeah. So these are a bit odd, right? Um, uh, which bit do you think is odd? Which bit are we talking about? So a, a bunch of things, really. So I think the the art is unusual. I I think yep. the art on each of these cards is really nice, but I don't think the art looks good on a card. I think the art would look really cool as like a set of prints or, or posters. Yep. Uh, so you kind of have like the card is kind of like black, but then in like you have like a silhouette of like an image of the characters in the in the set so you yep. on, on the cards so you've got like bolus with like the eternals coming through uh and you've got like various scenes of ravnica with like the other gods mm-hmm. which like they're an interesting design and like I, I definitely think would make for cool posters but they just don't look right on cards so i think that's um, quite weird for a start yeah i i agree like so the, the background art the art that's obscured partly obscured by the silhouette looks really nice yeah I, I like what they're trying to do with the, the sort of silhouette stuff. I think it obscures too much of the art, really, because it sort of lets down what I imagine is some really nice sort of, like, um, landscape works. But, like, yeah, on a card, it just looks kind of cluttered and doesn't yeah. really work quite as well. Um, I mean, um, Gavin Verhey posted a video of them. Yeah. And they're not quite cool, so, like, the black is, like shiny yeah it's like a weird not quite. kind of gloss color so they're not foil yeah. this time which again i think is quite another good move um to see mm-hmm. them sort of experiment with different different types of promos yep um yeah so the the black bit is like like you said like sort of shiny it's not foil but it's like yeah a shiny thing and then the back is kind of like matte well not matte but like sort of normal cardstock yeah background so they kind of like when you move them around they sort of shimmer and, and stuff like that that looks quite cool but like yeah I, i'd like them as like a poster or some kind of art yeah or definitely whatever not on actual cards yeah so obviously the other thing i think is quite strange is that we haven't got a, well we haven't really got a complete cycle uh you've i guess you have the cycle of god eternals but then you haven't got Ilhog. <laughs> yep <laughs> no respect for the ball uh it's it just feels a bit odd to leave that one out. Like I know in the past, like they've always just done like a run of like five cards mm-hmm. uh, in the promo set. So yeah, sure, I guess it makes sense because it's meant to be themed and it's bon- it's bolus and it's, it's God Eternals, and Ilhog isn't one of those. But it it just seems a bit odd seeing this kind of incomplete cycle. I mean, honestly, it feels like a personal attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then finally, the thing which I, I think is really strange about them is, I think I guess probably the, the bit that kind of I don't know upsets for want of a, a better term <laughs> me the most is yes. that like they're not planeswalkers, like yeah. they've always been planeswalkers in the past, or they've been legendary creatures which transform into planeswalkers. This mm-hmm. is the year where we have the set which has like the most number of planeswalkers ever printed in it. And they don't give us cool planeswalkers as promos. I guess that's kind of a joke, right? Like, yeah. we're all sick of planeswalkers. We've seen all of them. We've had thirty-six of them. Like planeswalkers are everywhere, so we get like a different kind of promo, um, which I guess is kind of fine. Like, I don't know. Like, 
I think that's kind of the reasoning. Yeah. It just seems it's it's another case of them like changing everything all in one go. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so like they're not foil, they're completely different art, they don't actually feature the cards. It feels like an incomplete cycle because it's bonus and, and not the red guard. Um and then they're also not planeswalkers. It yeah. just feels like they're changing but I mean like they're an exclusive like premium promo thing, so like I, I guess that's sort of fine. Yeah. Um but yeah, like not having planeswalkers I guess also the fact that like they have to have mythics, I guess, for the STCC promos yeah. that have previously been planeswalkers, and planeswalkers are always mythic. But this time, and it's always it's usually been the gatewatch, right? Yeah, that have been promos or like gatewatch, gatewatch adjacent at least. Um, whereas the gatewatch in War of the Spark, which I imagine is where they get the SDCC promos from this time, because they're normally the most recent standard set, um, which is where obviously the God Eternals and the Cabalos come from. They're all rare cards. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like not very impactful and not very, not not not, not saying not very impactful because obviously like Nissa is one of the best cards in standard and stuff like that, but they're not very impressive in terms of like how a mythic would be. Whereas stuff like Aketra and Bond two certainly have impressive things going on with yeah, the card. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so I kind of get it. I just I've never really cared about SDCC promos, honestly. Yeah, they look kind of nice, but like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. They're they're probably not for me. Like I I own a total of one. Like I got um one of the zombie Chandra ones. That I got a copy of it like dead cheap, uh, off off like an eBay auction like last year. Oh, that's cool. Which I, like that I thought one. was cool. Like uh, yeah, I quite like that that cycle of them. Um, that's also a playable card, right? Yeah, well, it's it's in my cube, so it's pretty good. Sweet. So like, yeah, I mean, I quite like them for that. Like, you can stick them in a cube, or you can stick them in like your commander deck. Like, they are unique, interesting looking things. I mm-hmm. I just would have liked like just some cool alternate art planeswalkers. And like, I know we have the Japanese ones, like the the manga style ones, but some people just really aren't into that. I am one of those people. Yeah, I think I am the same. Yeah, I guess that's probably the reason. I like, I, I don't know. Uh, it feels like kind of a non-issue to be complaining about. Like it's it's yeah, sort of ex- sure. ex- exclusive one-time promo that are always going to be absurdly expensive yeah. just because of the nature of them. That like most players won't get their hands on, and we just sort of like it gets promoed or previewed. We look at it and go, oh, that's cool, and then move on. Yeah, um, which is sort of how I felt about like stuff like Mythic Edition, which is like, okay, that's cool. I like these things, but I won't own them, so move on. So I guess that's kind of that's kind of true here, right? Yeah, um, yeah. it's kind of how it works. But um, yeah, I mean, they've they've bucked the trend from what they have done for the recent, most recent years. So it's kind of weird. I don't know. The main problem is the the lack of ill hog. Yeah, <laughs> Dis- disrespect. Yeah, strong agree. I think that, that's it at the end of the day, isn't it? Like they could have given us like cool, like not gatewatch planeswalkers, but at the end of the day, just no love for the ball. <laughs> awesome. So, should we move on to the uh, the elephant in the room? I guess. Uh, if we must. Yeah. Uh, so, there's been a lot of uh, ructions, I guess, on uh, on Twitter the past couple of days uh, mm-hmm. from a a promotion, I guess, a, a, a scheme, a charity, a, a charity, an incentive. It's called Play It Forward. Mm. All right. So, Play It Forward is a non-profit with one goal. And that goal is get more women on the pro tour. That is their their mission statement, as it is. Okay, um, so from hearing exactly that sentence, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, 100%. please continue. 
so they say that Play It Forward was inspired by a study showing that the rarity of women chess grandmasters was driven almost entirely by participation rates. Reality was only 4% off projections of how they should be doing, given that only one in 16 chess competitors is female. Populations perform on a normal distribution with exponentially fewer at either extreme. This is like a lot of words to like kind of describe what your, or I guess a lot of technical words to kind of describe what your mission statement is and what your your goal is. And this is just like the start of their about us section. This is this sounds very much like my first year essays at university. Yeah, where I just put the words therefore and hence in there to flesh out to seem intelligent. But then I got it back from a tutor, and they were like, "This is bad." Well, the next statement begins with, well, the next paragraph begins with, this holds true for any arbitrary sorting of groups into large and small populations. They're trying to act big brain when they haven't got big brains. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is very strange. Car- carry on, carry on. So pretend there are only 2,010 magic players in the whole world, of which 10 okay. are left-handed and 2,000 are right-handed. What okay. are the odds that the best player in the lot will be left-handed? Pretty bad. But it is worse than just one to two hundredth the chance because a smaller population means less variability and smaller standard deviations. What is in the second deviation for a large population could be the third for a much smaller one. Oh my god. This is just like their about us statement. I don't know anything about them. I've heard all of these words and do not understand. Their final paragraph, Wizard Status suggests that 38% of magic players are female, so I know we can do better than a half a percent in competitive events. Play It Forward seeks to address the participation gap by focusing on player retention. Other organisations, such as the Lady Planeswalker Society and Planeswalkers for Diversity, focus on player recruitment. Could so you, like, you have not just told us that in, like... <laughs> yeah, so this is the thing. So basically, what they're, what they're suggesting is that they don't just want women to play magic, they want women to succeed at magic. Yeah. So if it's true that 38% of magic players are women, then 38% of... Um, top finishes like top eights and winning of major events should also be women which it currently currently isn't and it's a reasonable thing to want to try and make a change in that way and try and encourage um, I guess encourage women to do better, that sounds horrible but um, try and facilitate the presence of women um, women's success at major tournaments and um, they're going about it in a very strange way yeah right? i i mean given that you've just summed up their organization in like 30 seconds or less you should probably just do that pr like <laughs> i really really don't want to <laughs> um, so yeah they, they, have, <laughs> so they have they have a, a a bunch of programs i guess they call them programs to to encourage this as it is so they've got the playmap program mm-hmm. which um they're the literature for that starts off with people leave competitive play when the downsides outweigh the upsides. Uh, The Play It Forward initiative seeks to maximise upsides and minimise downsides through competition-based community building. During large events, we offer a unique playmat and recognition to the highest-placing woman or non-binary player who makes day two. Um, Okay, cool. Um, Again, not really any problems with that. Um, I don't really want a playmat. I've seen their playmats. They're not great. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. So Um, as well as that, they also organise Modo Zergrushes, they call it, which is periodically play it forward competitors are encouraged to get Modo tokens to all attend the same MCQ online. Uh, In one such event, Sarah England went undefeated and qualified for the Pro Tour. Awesome. And then also they have real-life Zergrushes, which is one per year a GP is designated for a big award, flight in a hotel to your next GP. 
The top eight play it forward competitors in day two cut to a draft for the prize unless they are in the real top eight because we aren't waiting for that to finish. It says in brackets there. So we aren't waiting for that to finish. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, the playmat program is probably the, the biggest thing that they do. This week they posted a statement on Twitter and I guess their own website, which kind of puts that whole playmat program in a different light. Uh, yeah, they had a certain opinion on uh, intentional draws or yeah. IDs, right? Yeah, so they they said that IDs will not count towards the, the playmat. Um, have, they, have they said why not? Uh, so originally they said it was because they didn't like IDs. Okay, sure. Uh, the fact that IDs are... Uh, sort of an integral part of tournament magic and have been for for a very long time they're just gonna ignore that i guess yeah i guess so it's it's very odd it feels to me very much like there's people who get really hung up about like net decking oh uh, <laughs> it's very very much it right i mean this whole thing so so the problem with ids is that like it doesn't show the true result right Allegedly, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I think, yeah, this is very, this is very much like me trying to explain their stance on it, not my yeah. personal opinion. Because my personal opinion is IDs are fine. Um, they're they're not the best part of Magic, but like they're a part of Magic tournaments. So they also exist in other places. Like, it, it's a whole thing and whatever. But their, their their opinion is it doesn't portray the true result. So, say if you ID into top eight of a tournament, yeah, or like ID for a certain finish then you haven't actually achieved that finish because you should have played it and then you would have achieved that that finish if you'd won. Yeah. And also you're you're able to risk it and potentially not have that result if you lose that game. So they have a problem with IDs because it doesn't reflect the true result. Therefore, it wouldn't entitle this person to a sick playmat. So they feel like they... (sighs) I mean, this is all preamble to the fact that they literally said that IDs are theft. Yes, <laughs> which is one of the most more humorous things that I've read on Twitter today. Yeah, so I, so the the they initially posted a, a statement yesterday, I think it was, um, mm-hmm. saying that like, oh, uh, I want to notify folks of a rule change. Been a lot of drawing in the final round amongst uh, pay it forward competitors lately. I personally have a beef with intentional draws, and I don't want to be responsible for people not playing Magic. For play it forward, last rounds equals zero points. Uh, so that was the initial tweet, and then uh, that tweet has three likes and 60 replies. <laughs> it went down well on Twitter. Yeah, so lots of people were obviously like, mm, this, this, this is not it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, may or may not be followed by the word chief. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just, I, it's absurd, so like, uh, okay, well, if you ID and, like, top eight this GP or whatever, whatever the event may be, if you ID in order to get the best finish you possibly can and therefore uh, maximise your chances of having your best possible finish in the tournament, you don't get our sick pay map. So what they're essentially suggesting is that... And this is all based on, by the way, it's been tweeted by this Twitter account. Yeah. One person's goddamn opinion yeah. about this thing which is great for a charity organization to have just like one person's opinion dictating the entire thing um is that you should play your last round and risk possibly losing it and then risk possibly not having as good a finish as you would have had you id'd in order to win their prize as opposed to getting a lot of cash or whatever the whatever the the prize is for the result of your tournament which is goddamn absurd (laughs) like absolutely how could that possibly be the best way to go about things? 
Yep. Like, so, oh, let's claim that. Like, and also, obviously, there is that that sort of um, the potential prize of a certain GP is like funding your flights to the next GP and stuff yep. like that, whatever. But that's not all of them, and it, it, <sighs> the main problem is it appears to be one person's personal opinion. Yeah. Whoever's like what's currently running their Twitter account. Yeah. So the, they posted that that tweet. Um, yeah, I say yes. It was twenty seventh, twenty seventh of June, and then it's just kind of escalated a bit over the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Yeah, yesterday they posted uh, a link to uh, Medium.com where they'd written an article. Uh, the company in tweet says, Twitter is a terrible place for complex discussion. I wrote the full rational between the ID rule on Medium and left comments open so folks have room to type. Sorry it took so long. I kept going off on tangents and it took a while to edit down. Okay. Yeah, and like rather than, ex- I guess rather than like explain their position or like their reasoning behind the IDs and you know listening to like community feedback they just kind of double down on like the whole IDs are bad thing yep. and I think it's from there really where the whole thing's escalated so again that one has 15 likes and 71 comments uh, oh, wow. a lot of those comments are by people who are uh, like very well respected in, in the magic community I think the thing is it's been like this one person has taken to their apparently charity organization twitter account and said i don't personally like this thing yeah here is how we are randomly changing the rules for our organization and then lots of people who are very well acquainted with gp grinding or seg event grinding or just generally playing high level competitive high level competitive magic and have a number of good finishes in, in high level high level competitive magic tournaments under their belt have said this is not good. Yep. This objectively seems bad. Perhaps you should not do this. And then whoever is running the Play It Forward Twitter has just doubled down on it yep. and just start shouting IDs are bad. Yep. Which is, again, not it. <laughs> it's an incredibly strange way to to do it. And I don't understand. Like They're just sort of ruining their entire goal because people just think they're sort of a joke now yeah um their idea that like (laughs) how are you gonna encourage women and non-binary players to get the best finish they can and like convert their attendance to magic tournaments into winning magic tournaments i mean there's a lot to unpack there but i really don't have the time (laughs) we really don't have the time to discuss like that entire thing but if that's if that's your goal why would you not encourage them to get the best possible finish they can not the most points in, under your system they can yeah because like having recognition from this charity who want marginalized groups to do well in magic tournaments is great right that's a nice thing yeah but to have it then because of their system take away from actual finishes like so if you ID... yeah, kind of like almost it's almost like doing the opposite in a way like you're it really is you're kind of like almost pe- like as far as your competition goes like you're penalizing somebody for taking something that you know somebody who's a, a cis white dude like wouldn't be penalized for yeah would actually just go ahead and do yeah right because we all do it we all we all should if, if it's possible yeah. for you to id into a top eight under a better finish you absolutely should take it because it's allowed and it means you have less like stress and you can lock up the result and not have to like risk it on on playing playing magic um but like so if you id into top eight you're then disqualified from this competition from this charity from this project from this whatever yeah, I'm not sure. They seem to have sort of fluctuated their opinion on that uh, slightly. Um, 
I think they, they had they said that you would be disqualified from it, but then they also said like the points that you would get don't qualify. So rather than getting like one point from an ID, you would just get zero points and it wouldn't be counted. So say so say um, there, there's a woman who they're planning on giving the, this PIF award to, yeah. and uh, they uh, ID into top eight and then win the entire thing. Right? Yeah. Would they have to? Would play it forward? Then have to release a statement saying, "Okay, we've awarded the playmat to this person, but we must condemn their actions for stealing because they ID'd and ID is theft." So we'll we'll get we'll get to the ID is theft thing in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, I mean, yeah, it's just addressed it now. Then I guess so. Yeah. Once again, today there's been a lot of a lot of talk about the uh, about that post, and again, more doubling down on them. And it, it was yeah, it was in a comment thread where yeah, they pretty much just said. IDs are, are theft. I'm gonna see if I can find the exact uh, the exact quote. Intentional draws are theft because you are stealing this potential playmat reward that play it forward would give you had you not ID'd. And IDing is like it's an absurd take. It honestly is. Like yeah. I think also this entire discourse that's happened specifically today about this is more evidence not that you need it anymore, but more evidence to follow Nick Prince on Twitter. Yeah. Because his specific takes have been excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Um yeah, have you have you have you found what you're looking for? Yeah, so you you've got the tweet there there mm-hmm. which kind of sparked it all off again today, right? I mean it's it's part of a, an ongoing discourse that, that sparked it today. It's yeah. just been a whole mess of nonsense. But they, there's a specific tweet that they they've posted, again which has two likes and fifty nine comments. Um and two retweets. Uh you see IDs as theft or you don't. I see it as theft, so I don't do it. If I didn't, I would. If you did, you wouldn't. That's a whole mess of... They need to work on their pros. When you ask me to give a mat, meaning their reward mat, to the person who didn't earn it, you ask me, buy my lights, which is an expression I don't understand, <laughs> to steal from the person who did. Would peer pressure make you steal? So that's their take on that. Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> hmm. you, you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't steal a... <laughs> whatever. A handbag. A handbag. <laughs> Would you steal a playmat? <laughs> no. Yeah. Not. No. Would peer pressure make you steal, though? Like, it's... Uh, you asked me to give a mat to a person who didn't earn it. Like, like this is the whole thing with IDing. It's like, in order to be, in order to be able to ID, right? In order for it to be in any way reasonable for you to ID um, in any way for an ID to make a difference to your tournament results you have to have worked incredibly hard and have a good result anyway in order to put yourself in a position where you can ID no one's IDing at 3 and 5 yeah like because that doesn't do anything right like people are IDing to get into top 8 or to like cash a tournament like it this (laughs) like They've still done a lot to earn, in inverted commas, your reward, right? Yeah. And suggesting that that's stealing, specifically, is, is is the weirdest take I've seen in quite some time. I just don't... I don't. I honestly don't understand it. Yeah, uh, it's it's very, very odd. It's, I mean, to me, it, it does just smack of that whole, like, oh, net decks, oh, if you net deck, you're, you're a bad person. You're staying like, away from the brewers. Yeah, or do oh, oh, I wouldn't play planeswalkers. Oh, like Well exactly, yeah. Saying like these are all like not valid things to do, but then you look like it it just seems to be completely in odds at, at what it is. It's meant to be like this 
this program which encourages people to play competitive magic but then doesn't want you to do the things that happen in competitive magic yeah the things that happen in competitive magic that mean that you potentially win gps yeah right like uh, uh, there was also a part where they um posted about one of their previous winners yeah saying, like, i've got that tweet here it's, it's yeah, amazing go so I guess in the midst of this whole thing, they kind of wanted to wanted to highlight how how good their initiative is, and also like the match points mean things, right? Like they actually mean things, and and IDs could make the difference between winning the mat and not winning the mat. So mm-hmm. uh, today they posted uh, a photo of of a previous winner, Megan Smith, holding the mat, and the tweet says, "Megan Smith is back. Megan first won past and flip." <laughs> uh, oh I keep doing God. this. I can't yes. read. I can't see the words, the letters P I F, without thinking past in flames. Okay, you're not cutting this out, are you? No, this no, in? this is staying in. Absolutely. So hashtag the most... storm things. Exactly, it's the most storm thing ever for when exa- every time you read the abbreviation P I F, you just say past in flames. <laughs> you say it with your actual mouth. It's so good. I love it. I love it so much. <sighs> Like that's not a problem for me. When I say PIF, it's like okay, that stands for the thing I'm reading about. It was like it's, a storm is so ingrained. It's, it's in your literally brain. just passed in flames. I can't see it as anything else, especially with like the capital P and the S and the little I. Like, oh. So yeah, anyway. it's just just one extra heinous reason why this has been horrible to to, to read about. That's your least favorite thing about it, right? Oh yeah, definitely. So getting back to it, uh, yeah, Megan <laughs> first won play it forward in GP Oklahoma City 2016. And did it again today in Dallas at 33 points. She finished one match ahead of Jennifer Carson and Princess Bassa, who each would have locked up a pro point at 30. So with this picture, there's Megan with the mat. She looks all happy and smiling and obviously ecstatic to um, have such a fantastic finish in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So the first reply to this tweet is, uh, is Megan Smith saying, you may not know this, but this mat represents a huge controversy in the women-slash-non-binary community. The highest-placing woman-slash-non-binary person in day two of a GP should receive this mat. Full stop. Uh, at MTG Forward, so play it forward, is changing rules at their discretion to prevent candidates from IDing the last round. Four points towards the competition. The overwhelming response from the community has been negative and vocal about their disapproval of this practice, and have asked the organisers to cease and desist. I played the last round because it was the right thing for me to do. If IDing is the right thing for you to do, you shouldn't be punished for it. IDing to ensure you walk away with something shouldn't be punished. Additionally, punishing women or non-binary players who have already met ever-moving goalposts in life, let alone magic, shouldn't Mm. have to choose between cash and being recognised. TLDR, punishing women or non-binary people in a prize meant to exalt the best player is effed up and I don't want to support that system. Twitterdom, I need ideas for how to really pay it forward for those in the community who really deserve it. Retweet, comment, tag your friends who is a, a woman or non-binary magic player you know who has done something remarkable in magic recently. It could be X euroed their FNM, hit Mythic and Arena for the first time, or came out to their community. In brackets, please don't out anyone unintentionally. And then, yeah, the last in that thread is, I will send this mat to the player who didn't get recognition they wanted for this accomplishment so send me your stories I have a box of Kleenex that are ready hashtag this is how you pay it forward so we have no choice but to stand right oh yeah absolutely <laughs> so yeah I, I've been a big fan of Megan Smith on Twitter for quite a while anyway mm-hmm. um, she plays like really sick decks and vintage and also plays ad nauseum tendrils and legacy 
Oh, okay, sure. She makes the skulls. You love her. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she makes the skulls. Makes the skulls, and like PIF definitely means something different to her. <laughs> Excellent. I, by the way, as an aside, I'm definitely going to find like the dirtiest possible combination of words to make the abbreviation PIF, and get back to you about. <laughs> oh, it's just going to be. <laughs> I mean, I, we can't. That's not. It's against the podcast rules. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. So just just seeing this as the first response to that tweet about, hey, look how cool this player is. They won this match. And okay, they only won by one point, so IDs are really relevant for that player to then turn around and go, this ain't it, Chief, is uh, it's pretty telling of the whole the whole saga, I guess, really. Yeah, um, I like that Megan Smith like, simultaneously manages to just lay a sick burn and also do something genuinely very positive for the, for the community. Yeah. So it's a nice little way to... To just you know leave off this this whole mess of a diatribe yeah it's i mean i'm sure I'd give it a week or two and we probably would have forgotten all about the whole thing and it seems to be that like the vast majority of people that might have been interested or, or cared about this in the past like really do not care now yeah i mean this is the thing like it seems up until now to be a perfectly reasonable thing to do like um there have been some other winners of the of the planet like it's a nice thing it's a nice little reward it's a nice way to sort of um, support and congratulate women in the community and, yeah. and everything like that. That's great, but then there's just like this weird, <laughs> with this weird opinion on intentional draws. That's just like that they've just decided to double down on and, and massively die on that hill. Like yeah. it's such a weird thing to to go off about. <clears throat> yeah, like it, it. It's 2019. IDs are fine. Like yeah, exactly. They're they're going to happen. You can't get rid of it in the system that we use for tabletop magic. Like the arena doesn't have IDs. That's fine. Oh. Like if you're so against IDs, why not like, why not just change the incentive to like the, like, the non-male player who had the highest finish in a mythic arena in like one season or something. Like uh, yeah. if if like if 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 you're really really that like. If that's the hill you're going to die on in 2019, like IDs are bad, then like, yeah, just take it to like, take it to arena or like take it somewhere else, somewhere like, some like I don't know, commander. You got ID and commander, right? Um, depends on the tournament. Sure, sure. I don't know. It's it's very odd, and you know who knows whether play it forward will be a charity initiative, whatever they are this time next year. Mm-hmm. However, we have had some some pretty good news um, from the ashes of whatever whatever that this this nonsense has been. Uh, it looks um, like we have a couple of players have uh, have come forward saying, "Hey, we we want to actually take this and and do something actually good with it." You've got like yeah. Jess Estefan and and Emma Handy, who they're just fantastic, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we stop talking about play it forward specifically, yeah. Um, there is my favourite part of this entire thing that has come out, sure. um, and it does. This does uh, slightly inform the the, the work that Jessica Fan and, and Emma Handy are planning. So it, it t- turned out just as well as having like really weird and crappy takes about actual tournament magic, they also appear to be transphobes. Yeah, that just sort of happened. So in their FAQ of their website, it says, uh, "Can trans women and non-binary players participate?" To which it replies, "Absolutely." And then it says, as if this was a question that is frequently asked of Play It Forward, but they aren't female. So that's interesting. Yikes. Yep. It says, uh, this isn't a question. 
also don't care. It takes no extra effort and does meaningful good. I can't uh, count the number of times someone presenting as a man has come up to me, talk about participation on D1, and then on D2 stopped passing and came as themselves. When they stop passing, they can find uh, find each other and realize exactly what the schism in participating realize that they aren't alone. See the article, The Mantle on the Press, to have a such and such and such. But it says women in your byline. Is as, as if that's another question that is frequently yeah. asked. Still not a question. My focus is on cis women because I'm looking at closing the participation gap and cis women have a staggering participation gap. When a group is over 50% of the population, almost 40% of magic players, but still struggles to crack 2% in events, something is seriously screwy. Screwy? Ugh. This, <laughs> there is more to this than the occasional jerk. If ill-treatment of amb- ambient sexism was the whole story, then you'd never see cis women at bars or in dance clubs. Um, like, this whole thing. What, what's that about? Why is that necessary? Yeah, the uh, like what, what the hell's that? <laughs> Just like a gigantic yikes. Yeah, it's for me. It, it's like the sentence stopped passing incomers themselves. So I, like, I've been I've what? been reading this and reading this and reading this. I don't understand what this is. I'm not sure whether this is referring to uh, trans men or trans women. Yeah, who are like trans women that, that are um, presenting themselves uh, uh, as male and therefore they, when when they come when they speak to them while presenting as women, to them becoming themselves, which I guess is a, a nice sentiment, right? Or I mean, whether it's talking if you're about... saying, like, they're, they're not coming as themselves, like, I, I don't know, like, are you saying that, like, surely whatever they're presenting is themselves? Yeah, exactly. Are you like, saying that they're absolutely. not, and therefore you're calling them a liar? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, 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 it's incredibly dangerous sentiment to be ambiguous about um and uh, whether that's potentially talking about cis uh to be talking about trans men who are presenting as men but then come as themselves and that they're cis women and like i I have no idea what they're trying to say but the the fact that like they aren't female like do i mean like somebody like yes i mean trans women are right like this is this this isn't a question <laughs> like I, th- that's not reasonable and like it's the fact that it's like their point is are trans women aren't women in the same way that cis women are it's like yeah. which is bullshit um sorry and that they're also saying that like oh but you know we'll just include them anyway like the, drawing the, the goalposts on this is like incredibly strange and just like I don't understand why you just have this this horrible sentiment in your FAQ on your website. Yeah, I mean, I'm just reading through the the whole thing now, and it gets even like worse. Yep. Oh, please go ahead. Oh, just yeah. Why is the participation gap so big? Excellent question. There are many factors to this, but my active hypothesis is that the main issue is sex differences and how people are treated when they win. That's weird. Yep. Why? Like, why? Why are you it's... fixated on sex differences? And then also, like, see this 2015 study which found that lower-skilled players were more hostile towards a female-voiced teammate, especially when performing poorly. In contrast, lower-skilled players behaved submissively towards a male-voiced player in the identical scenario. This is the thing. This is what's really sort of... It's a big yikes, right? Yeah, it's it's very strange. Like, Like, I think the first time I read it, I was like... I don't really know what they're trying to say, but this could just be like, you know, they they could just be like really be they could be being really clumsy with the language, 
and not yeah. really not really kind of putting across what their intention is or whatever like that that's something that happens like for sure like you know I, I'm guilty of stuff like that at times like sometimes mm-hmm. people can be clumsy with the things they say like that's 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 fine that happens but then like the more you read the more you scroll down the page and it's like this study says this this study says this the main issue is sex differences it's this it starts to become like hmm I don't I, I, I yeah, I don't think this is just them being clumsy. This is the thing; like, it it's it comes with a, a heavy dose of like biological essentialism. Yeah, it's like massively out of left field. But they're like, okay, yeah, we're 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 happy to include trans women as long as it's known that we don't think they're women, or like at least women in the same way that cis women are women, which is absolute crap. Like, yeah, I think I mean anyone listening to this podcast or who has ever met me will <laughs> objectively know that I think that is crap. But it's just it's it, it's like like you said, like female voiced and male voiced, not just like women magic player, yeah, man magic player. Like it's this these very the the specificity of what they're saying in in this weird FAQ. Um, like it. Uh, I just don't understand why, why this thing is here, and like, why just in your FAQ you you have to say they aren't female. Like, why is that necessary? Yeah. What, well, first of all, it's not true. Second of all, why do you feel the need to say that? Why do you feel the need to point that out? Um, I just don't like putting that in there. Just whether whether it's cl- like you say clumsily worded, whether that's like this is them responding to someone that would say something like that, something that would say something horrible, like the fact that these women aren't women. Um, is that then they're like, oh, it takes no extra effort and does meaningful good? Like, sure, it, it does to include trans women because you're including women. Your 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 competition, your charity, your organisation, your project extends to women. Therefore, it includes trans women unless you're being an ass. Like, it seems a strange line to draw and a strange thing to point out specifically in their FAQ. Yeah, it's just it's just very weird. Like, mm-hmm. it all it all follows like. Can trans women and non-binary players participate? Question mark. And then the one-word answer: Absolutely. Yep. Like if they just left it at that and didn't have like the whole like one, two, three, four, five, six, six paragraphs underneath that, mm-hmm. which is like a- more than half of their FAQ. If they if they didn't include that and just left it as can trans women and non-binary players participate? Absolutely. That would have been great. This is the thing, it's like, I mean, there's, there's also, like, the sort of shaky thing of being like, okay, we are specifically working towards women, yeah. and then just being like, also non-binary players, right? Okay, well, that, if that's not in your headline, if that's not what you what you keep saying you're doing, you keep saying you're doing, the fact that you're distinguishing that non-binary players technically under your definition count as women, that's really suspect as well. Um, and there are, so, you know, there are a lot of non-binary people who also identify as women and all of these things, but the way that it's specifically it's worded is, is, is kind of suspicious. Um... It just seems weird. It's just that whole, you know, that um, John Mulaney gif, the yeah. stand-up, where it's like, we don't have time to unpack all that now. <laughs> like, that's very much applies here. Like, there's so much, there's so much going on here, but just like, they've had a bad take about specifically magic tournaments, and now they've just got like a weird FAQ that just sounds like Brad Femme nonsense, um, which is, you know, just a further nail in the coffin of this weird organisation. Yeah. But I feel like I've gone entirely too long about this bit. I just wanted to point it out. I wanted to point out they are also bad people in that way, as well as just having horrible takes and doubling down on them and dying on a weird hill. So, moving on to a very more, much more positive note that you were alluding to before I went off on one. Um, just has to find an Emma Handy. Yes. Continue. 
yes, yeah, so they have both decided to come together and collaborate to uh, create create something, I guess. Um, so Jess has said, uh, also on Twitter, that she said, uh, I don't believe lighting non-constructive fires leads to anything good here. So if you came here for a drama post, I'm sorry to disappoint you. What I will say is that almost a year now, I've wanted a magic organisation that worked toward the betterment of women, trans and non-binary members of the community. One that includes trans feminine and trans masculine folks. I'm currently talking to people about a new organisation I'd like to make exist. Ideally, this organisation will include representation from the trans community so that we can hear as many voices as possible. One of my partners on this project is Emma Handy. We have ideas that have been birthed in a short period, but we need some time to refine them. One of the things we would really like to do is not only support people grinding the GP circuit, but also those grinding the SCG circuit. We will hopefully have more specifics soon. We just want to make sure we do this as best we can. Seeing people, including myself, hurt by this is what has pushed this to happen. I hope both programs can coexist and be a net positive on the game. God bless. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's like it's taking these these things like understanding, like understanding that that play it forward is inherently it does have merit, right? Like I understand why it exists, and I think that probably its initial goals very much good, yeah. um, and that it wanted to do good for the community, but just like these specific situations have just they're just not they're just not good. Like, yeah. Um, and they sort of ruined what has been up until now somebody a good thing for the magic community, a good thing for women magic players, and um, yeah, it's it's good to see you know other people trying to take up the mantle of like doing something but doing it better and not having weird transphobia on their FAQ on their website. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the whole the whole thing's just I don't know. I yeah, I think they've probably done too much damage now to recover from this. This is the thing. It's it's like it's all like making a mistake. Um, this is why I think like it's the person that I mean. It's all all of these things happen, and it's a person on a Twitter account spewing off about all these things that appears to be their personal opinion, this one individual opinion. Yeah. And if they made a mistake or they said something um, out of line or something that just just they they stated their opinion and they had feedback from prominent members of the magic community saying this is not good. Yeah. It's the fact that they've doubled down. It's the fact that they've continued to argue this point that basically everyone disagrees with and doesn't seem to make any sense. That's what's crushed it. That's what's killed it. That's why I don't think it's repairable at this point. Yeah. Because it wasn't just, oh, they said it. They said a silly thing. They've now changed that or they've um, made a statement to, you know, say, oh, we won't do that then if that is what these people... Because they, 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 the responses they're getting are from people that would possibly benefit from the scheme, right? Yeah. Um, so... That, that would have been fine, but they've just like doubled down and just <laughs> gone ham on Twitter. Uh, which, as someone who likes to go ham on Twitter, <laughs> is clearly not the best thing to have done in this situation. No, agreed. Uh, but yes, this whole thing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Let's, move, let's, let's move on. Yeah, I guess so. I guess, yeah, that is pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with us, uh, let us know your feelings on everything we've spoken about today. Uh, are you mm-hmm. excited for pre-release? That is something that is happening in a couple of days' time. I'm stoked. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, what are your takes on the Play It Forward initiative, incentive? I still don't really know what to call them. Let's call it Charity a garbage fire. <laughs> yes, that is the correct term, I think. Yeah, come at us with your hot takes on this garbage fire. Uh, you hit us up on Twitter. We are at hrefdcast or facebook.com slash hrefdcast. 
Uh, also, we are running a competition. Uh, oh, you, hell yeah. Yeah, you can find all of the details of that on both our Facebook page and our Twitter page. We've got some really cool prizes to give away. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's been sweet so far. We've got some cool responses. I'm certainly uh, aware of the front runners. I think. Yeah. Um, so, just to give a, a general outline, in case anyone hasn't seen it, um, or didn't miss last, listen last week. So, we're giving away a playset of Unsolved Mariner and yeah. a single copy of Morphon the, the Boundless from Modern Horizons. Uh, we're giving that away to the funniest combination of two creature types that a changeling could possibly be it doesn't have to appear on an actual magic card like it doesn't have to be something that has been printed on a on a magic card just any combination of two creature types that you can possibly think of um and you also have to be following if you comment uh, there's a there's a pin tweet our pin tweet on twitter is going to the competition you have to be following us on twitter if you comment on the facebook post that is also there you have to be uh, like have to like us on facebook so in reading all of these responses that we've had it feels particularly unfortunate that ass isn't a creature type. Yeah. <laughs> like ass, you know, like a donkey. That seems like a kind of thing that magic would print, right? Like an yeah, ass. Yeah, I mean, they've certainly printed some asses before. Um, <laughs> I mean, not so much in blackboard magic, but in silverboard magic, uh, unglued, yeah. unglued and unhinged had a, had a variety of asses. Like an ass. <laughs> they had a variety of asses. It had, it had in, in fact, a whole city of ass. <laughs> it had a city of ass. It did. It did. Um, and this is the thing. I just feel like you know, if, if ass was a creature, I think it'd be so easy to win this competition. Just yeah. by, it's very easily. Uh, <laughs> just if you add ass to basically any creature type in Magic, it sounds excellent. <laughs> For example, ass goblin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, ass gremlin. <laughs> ass gremlin. Uh, ass pilot. <laughs> <laughs> ass wizard. Like <laughs> ass wizard. Aswood is, is, is fantastic um, just any of them would have been great unfortunately that is uh, not a legal entry for our competition yeah. and you'll have to be much more sensible well don't be sensible like you know just think of any combination of two things that, that would make us laugh <laughs> possibly as much as that Scotland yeah it's fantastic anyway anyway um, if you want to get in touch with us on our own personal social media you can hit me up on twitter I'm at Peach uh, on facebook I'm Joel Alden yeah, just just find me in any of the, any of the Magic Facebook groups. I'll be there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sneal69. Nice. Thank you very much. Uh, you can find me in various Magic Facebook groups. Um, if you found me there this week, I would have had some hot takes. That's what I'll say. <laughs> also, if they found you there last week, you would have had some hot takes. And most likely, if they found you there next week, you'll have some hot takes, right? Just go look right now. I'm probably just starting off about something, right? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> That's pretty much all I have time for this week then. Uh, once again, the Godfair has returned. We'll see you again next week on Arab Devastation. Bye.